Hey everybody, welcome back to Ministry Misfits. We are in Season 2, we think this is Episode 3. Assuming that we got it right, it was Easter two days ago, so Happy Resurrection Day. That's right, so welcome back to our new setup as well. So, I think Andrew and I might have to do an arm wrestling match at some point, since we've got this table set across from us. But based on feedback from all of you, this is hopefully a new way that we'll break it up a little bit more, as we can have a discussion looks like more of a discussion versus us just staring into your and when i do when i'm talking about things on timelines i won't be smacking you in the face anymore also so it also hopefully should be a little bit clearer as you can tell we've added some extra soundproofing measures in here to to deal with some of the lingering echoes that probably only me and other producers can hear (laughs) but it's annoying when you're one of them that's all right so but if I was going to say, if you have any more feedback or suggestions for yes. us, there is a new Facebook page that hopefully... Facebook group. Facebook group, thank yes, you. That group. A lot of you should have joined. Ministry Misfits Community. Community. Yes. So go ahead and join that, and that could be a place where you can take this our discussions further offline or and or online, I guess, in that case. It's online there. It's still yeah. online. <laughs> um, Off-air online. Off, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Off-air online. And... And with that, at the moment, the group is public, which means you don't have to do anything but click join. I think you may have to agree to the group rules, which is literally just be nice to each other. Love God. Love, love God, other love other. You know, the, the two commandments we've talked about from the beginning and just agree to not, you know, completely destroy our witness, which yep. is part of what we're talking about today. Exactly. With some truth in repentance, which also goes with lies that's right so some of you know last year around this time it was actually palm sunday i've talked about this before on a couple of other places but palm sunday last year one of the trending topics on twitter was christianity Mm -hmm. which it should be a trending topic during holy week yeah you you would hop on twitter and you'd think oh great christianity's trending and i i hope it's for what i want it to be with the resurrection but as we turn what was it (laughs) what i should have known and expected is that it wasn't what we actually wanted it to be Mm -hmm. because instead we had people non-christians hashtagging christianity talking about the way christians act Online, Specifically at that time, it was mostly about the reaction to things like Chick-fil-A, things like reactions to vaccines and masks, reactions to stuff that was going on in Canada, reactions to there was just, you know, pretty much anything that was on the news, you name it. That's what we were arguing about. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't, now that I've been on Twitter more than a month at that point, because I had taken like a four-year four break from Twitter because it was dying, <laughs> and then I got back on when we started doing all this because suddenly it was revived, apparently. But what I, sh- I now know, I should have expected that that would be what was trending because we have a horrible representation online as far as majority is concerned most of the time. Mm-hmm. And what the new trend that we're seeing, 
and this is across the board on all areas all sides and unfortunately even coming out of some of the more high profile pastors and seminary professors is the trend is that if somebody says something that you disagree with you call them a liar and then call them to repentance (laughs) and the reality is that the stuff that they're talking about is neither a lie nor is it a sin that needs to be repented of but instead we are using these terms without defining them Mm -hmm. using them in a public forum and expecting everybody to just assume that what you're saying is correct because of your what you have in your bio yeah and by these people you're specifically meaning people that call themselves christians or people that in in their bio they call themselves defenders of the faith they call themselves theologians they call themselves pastors they call themselves seminary professors they call themselves bible scholars there's a long list of different types of people we're talking about that are all practicing the same sort of playbook for quote-unquote discussion, which really is not discussion. Yep, and I, and I asked that question because typically the word repentance is not thrown around in outside, everyday vocab. Yes. This is not something <laughs> that normally is thrown outside of the church. Yep. And we're going to talk about why that is, mm-hmm. and we're also going to talk about why that really shouldn't be. But, we're all, but we need to actually figure out what it is. But first, we're going to break this down into three sections. So this also, the formatting is a little bit different in the way that we're formatting the actual show today. So let us know how this is going also. We've got a new look. Same studio, different design. Yep. We're further away, <laughs> which we probably, you know, ironically, we do this as COVID, COVID restrictions are Lifting, starting yeah, to lift. Well. We're now separating it out. Um, yeah. Let us know how all this is going, what you think, and, you know, eventually, ideally, we're going to be able to bring in a couple of guests in studio if we're set up this way. Mm -hmm. My wife included, which will continue on with this discussion, actually, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, as well as, um... Our good friend Rob Elder wants to come in. We got some live stuff we want to do with him as well. So stay tuned for all of that. Yes. But today, Brandon, when somebody asks you what truth is, how do you respond? That's a, that's a great question because I uh, part of it I want to give with context a little bit. Because if I'm just out in the street and somebody says, what is truth? I'm going to say something that is almost infallible or can't be disproven is what I'm going to say for truth initially. Um, And then depending upon what they're looking for to dive into that further, I might expound upon if we want to go into the word or the Bible of being truth, which we'll talk about today, um, or to some other scientific truths. <laughs> so you, you've you already kind of gotten all of the different definitions right there. You know, ironically, this is a the, part of the reason we're doing this now around Easter is that this actually is a Easter, part of the Easter story. Mm-hmm. This question is literally one of the last things Pilate says to Jesus. John 18, 38, what is truth, said Pilate. Yeah, I, I love that conversation between oh, it's Pilate great. and Jesus because I think you really get the heart of Pilate and of him questioning of like, why are you here on trial? And it's the <laughs> one of the only times that you actually see Jesus in a kingship role because Pilate does not address Jesus as some prisoner he's got in his palace and he's questioning about to execute. Mm-hmm. 
this is governor of this air you know this region talking to another royal official in the way that they are talking to each other Pilate understands what is going on and what is at stake and just wants nothing to do with it because it has nothing to do with rome mm-hmm. at least he thinks yep we know it has everything to do with rome and it has everything to do with the region and everything else but even with that when jesus and Pilate are talking this is still the question that comes up is what is actual truth and so webster's defines truth as a couple of different things one is it's the body of real things events and facts which is part of what you were talking about with the with science and things yeah, like can't, that can't be disproven basically right. actuality is a, a synonym for it another one is it's the state of being the case so it is a fact which we already used fact in the definition, but fact is another another side of this. But the interesting thing with Webster's is that also they have a capitalized truth, which is a transcendent, fundamental, or spiritual reality, hmm. which goes beyond science and actuality. Yep. So even within Webster's, we do have room for a much bigger truth than just what science is proving. In the Greek... So part of the other thing that you're going to notice with this one is we are not dealing Old Testament here. We are only focusing New Testament because the people we are dealing with are New Testament believers. So the Greek is aletheia, which is truth, but not nearly truth as spoken is a truth of idea, reality, sincerity. It's a moral truth. It's a divine truth. And the divine truth is one that is revealed to man. So man doesn't come up with this. This is straight from the divine to man. And it is a straightforward truth. So there's no hiding it. It's not just spoken. It's idea also. This is really a overall picture of truth, both man and moral and divine. Mm. And all of it comes in it in a straightforward aspect there's no hiding it uh, well, this could be a whole topic for another day but i would also want to know what that divine truth revealed to man right at what age right uh, are, are you capable that's capable a whole of, yeah. podcast yeah <laughs> yes. we'll, we'll get to that I'm, eventually. I'm interpreting that because that is playing a part of Right, and that's where you get into a whole age of accountability and all those other, all those other. Uh, Another podcast for another day, but just wanted to say that's what I'm thinking about. Yes. (laughs) Now, the other interesting thing is that in the Bible, actually, we're talking in the New Testament. The word aletheia, or a section of it, shows up 109 times. It's pretty important. It's decently important. (laughs) Yes. Now, lies, on the other hand. If somebody were to say, what is a lie, what would you say? Typically just not telling the truth. Or not some, telling the truth. Or that something is that a is super simple answer. Yeah, I'm going to give that preschooler answer of not telling the truth. And there's uh, a reason. Some, something that is false. There's a reason why it's super simple. Because just like when we talk about the difference between light and dark, mm-hmm. lies fully rely on the definition of truth. So... Webster's defines a lie as an untrue. It's to make an untrue statement with the intent of deceiving. Hmm. Yeah, that last part is huge with yes. the intent, and we're going to really get into that in a minute. They all say it's to create a false or misleading impression. Again, create is a key word there. In the Greek, it's pseudos. So we use this all the time. Still, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's a you know pseudoscience is a fake science and that's one of the arguments on twitter all the time right now you know pseudos we understand to mean it is not real mm-hmm. the the way that strong's concordance defines the greek word pseudos is it's a falsehood or an untruth so it's not just they're lying it's a falsehood or an untruth mm. And this word only shows up in the New Testament. Pseudos, or a phrase of it, shows up only 10 times in the New Testament. So a big difference from 109 for truth compared to only 10 for lies. Now, we also see in Scripture where these two concepts are coming from. So we know that truth, first of all, truth comes from God. This is out of John 14, John 16, and John 17. John deals with a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason he does, and we may get into that later on if we've got time. We also know that truth, we know truth comes from God, and we also know that God cannot lie. We get this in Numbers 23, Titus 1, Hebrews 6. And so, using good, you know, logic here, If truth comes from God and God cannot lie, then lies have to come apart from God. So lies cannot be made with God. Yeah, it's kind of that idea of God being holy and set apart that he was not the one that (laughs) took on flesh, um, which we kind of see in Numbers 23 a little bit of, yes, man is the one that goes against his word and lies where I am God. And we see this all the way back at the beginning. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. You know, the the first lie that is told by Satan is a miswording of, of the truth. The truth. Yeah. The truth came from God. Apart from God came a misuse, misleading impression of it. Yeah. With the intent. <laughs> right. With the intent of deception. Just, yeah, deceiving Eve. So, yeah. you know, and for reference there, John 8, 44, 2 John 1, 7, Revelation 12 all talks about how lies are coming from not being in the presence of God. So, the first thing we need to address here is that what we are really saying is that for something to be a lie, it has to be intentionally misleading from the truth. So what that also means is that not all statements that may be false are actually lies. Hmm. Yeah, because that that could uh, bring bring up some questions too. Of if somebody does not <laughs> under fully understand what the truth is, and they make a statement or make a claim to somebody, does that then become a lie? Because they're just taking us what they believe is true, or it, we could even get further. It may be just someone's opinion. <laughs> right. Well, and this is the big thing right now with fact checkers. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody claims if they get fact checked that the fact checkers are part of some big conspiracy. Not that what the information they were giving out was false because they are not lying. They are sharing the information they have. But somebody was intentionally causing a misleading away from the truth and now it is being shared. Mm-hmm. So even though you did not lie, you are sharing something that is not true. Yep. Something that is false. This is also the whole Mandela effect thing. People that believe that it's Berenstein instead of Berenstain, <laughs> or Berenstain said Berenstein, or that Nelson Mandela died in jail rather than, you know, being... Egg- all of those sort du- of th- double stoofed Oreos. Yeah, double stoofed Oreos or whatever it is. That one still gets me. <laughs> they are not lying. 
we don't even know which one honestly is actually telling the <laughs> truth that's part of the thing that just makes this so mind-boggling with a lot of these things now the one with nelson mandela that the name mandela effect comes from we know for a fact he did not die in prison mm-hmm. but whether or not we don't know where the lie came from anything like that it was a not a, that was a non-true statement but the people that were believing that were not lying yeah same thing with you know the whole there's also the whole thing with the vhs tapes from disney as far as some people say tinkerbell yeah they're not lying that they remember this but it doesn't also mean that it necessarily was true yeah i've kind of got an example from my days at work too with uh p graham dunn of initially i was starting to sell these lasers and it was this huge setup. Which that maybe was, that's another episode we can do is just have you bring in a bunch of lasers and we play with them. Oh, that would be fun. Yes. A little bit, a little bit more expensive since these were like that's true. Twenty thousand so dollars. Support us on Patreon <laughs> so we can buy lasers to play with. That would be really fun. But so when I was initially in that, there was a lot to learn, and I kind of wanted to get as much knowledge as I can. And we had a technician guy who was the. T- basically all of our tech for us so somebody would call answer the questions and so i would go to him a lot of times to interpret okay what what does this look like how does software work what do i need to tell people when i'm talking to them on the phone because this is a big investment and i remember talking to a lady told her hey there's also the software upgrade that you can get Uh, you can either purchase it from us or it's available at no cost online and she was like, all right, great. I'll probably just go the, the no-cost route. <laughs> well, does that make sense? I'll pay $1,000 or get that's something That's the way to go. Yeah, yes. that's what most of us would do. And then I get a call back from her maybe the next day because uh, I had to – she was looking it up and doing some research, realizing that there was a cost associated with the other third-party ones. In-app purchases. Yes. And then cussing me out, saying, you knew what you were doing. You're a liar. You deceived me. You had full intentions of trying to have me pay. And I said, no, no, I just misunderstood the information that I was given and genuinely thought that it was free. So then my boss had to step in and say, no, he was trying to tell you what he thought was the truth when actuality was not. (laughs) And now what you're talking about there is also where we start to get into the repentance, which we're going to continue on here in a minute. Because you were in the wrong. Yes. But you were not a liar. Correct. And I did try to make right for what I said and said, no, I am sorry. I did misspeak and she would just not believe me. Right. So we are going to take a quick break with for a word from our season two sponsor. And then when we come back, we're going to get into the second part that Brandon is already starting to, to talk about here. We'll be right back. Season 2 of the Ministry Misfits podcast and our awesome theme song are brought to you by Laird Creative Agency. In our social media world, the next connection is always one click or scroll away and your business has to be ready when they find you. That's why Laird Creative is always looking for ways to step your brand up. Whether you're looking to overhaul your brand one time with a new website or want to save money by outsourcing your graphic and media content, Laird Creative Agency is here to help. 
Laird Creative's mission is to take the difficulty out of the creative process. With Laird Creative, you'll find a dedicated team of artists ready to tackle any creative need that your business has, big or small. If you're looking for an easier way to share the vision of your organization through thoughtful branding and creative content, find them at LairdCreativeAgency.com to get started. Mention the Ministry Misfits podcast and get a free consultation call. Laird Creative, step your brand up. We're back. Alright, welcome back. We are we, we've talked about what truth is. Mm-hmm. We've talked about what lies are. And now we're gonna talk about the second part of it, which is repentance. Yeah, which is probably one of the bigger pieces. Well, that's okay. part of what we're going to discover. <laughs> so when we talk when I uh, you know, we I've asked you already all the others, so I'll ask you this one too. When we talk about repentance, what are we talking about? I I always see would say it as like doing that 180 or that fully turning around not 360 which is what some people people, yeah i I always make sure i get those numbers right so that way we're not doing the hokey pokey and yes just doing a full circle yeah Um, so yeah doing a 180 and fully running away or there's there's a forgiveness but also a heart change in what you're doing it's this I no longer want to be where I was at, so I'm fully turning away from it and trying to go the complete opposite direction. So you're you're close. You know, if this was the 12 days, we'd give you probably three-fourths of, of, three yeah. of a point. Because <laughs> one word you said there, which this is a word that everybody always tries to associate with, is not actually part of repentance. The forgiveness. Forgiveness is not part of repentance. True repentance webster's we'll start with webster's says to turn from sin which it's interesting that repentance only is dealing with sin with even the dictionary Mm -hmm. so to turn from sin and dedicate oneself to the amendment of one's life that's a pretty big that's a big theological statement and we'll pull that apart here in a minute (laughs) within the greek it's actually more simple than webster's manateo if i'm if i'm remembering how to pronounce it right it may be metadeo but i can't remember you're thinking of the football player from Notre dame that's probably what it is (laughs) you know i misspoke i was not lying (laughs) anyway in the greek it means to change one's mind or purpose and we only see this in scripture 34 times Mm. Even though that's what everybody tries to preach most of the time. Yeah, is the repentance side instead of focusing on the truth. Repent, at least the word we use for repent, only shows up 34 times in the New Testament, according to Strong's. So if somebody wants to argue that, you can argue the concordance I was using. Don't yell at me. I wasn't lying. (laughs) What you were talking about originally, when you're talking about forgiveness is not a part of a repentance process. Mm. Repentance is a major step within our discipleship process. It's even a major step within the evangelistic disciple-making process. You know, with the five Bs, you've got belonging, which is not anything to do with repentance. It's all about the way we approach the people and the way the people approach us. The belief side is where repentance starts to begin, and it's nothing that we do. 
you know, we believe that Christ is the one that convinces us unto salvation. The Spirit is the one that convicts us to repentance. Mm-hmm. So it is an acknowledgement of our sin, and it is a turning away from the 180, not 360. The 180 turning away from sin, and instead of embracing that, we are now embracing Christ as Lord. Is that in uh, John 16? We're talking about like the Spirit of Truth. We're getting there. Okay. Yes, that is part of it. So when we're talking repentance, though, it's again we're turning away from one one idol and instead embracing the true God. So this is where when we talk with Webster's definition, you're turning away from sin instead of dedicating oneself to the amendment on your life. That amendment on your life is Christ. Mm. That's what we know as truth. Yep. Is that Christ is the amendment on one's life. When you look at the Greek, it's not just about that life change. It's also about changing of so one's mind. mind. That's purpose. Where, well, the changing of the mind is the whole lot we see that Paul talks about this all the time. The transforming of your mind, the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. And that's a spirit act. And that's how we get the next line of bees as far as the behavior changes after baptism. The baptism of the spirit causes us to change our behavior. And so now we have a changing of our mind. And in doing that, eventually when we get to the become, we now have a new purpose. It is not about us. It is about Christ. And it's about going out and making disciples. Mm-hmm. So the repentance is a long, drawn-out process. Forgiveness is not in that at all, because forgiveness is coming from the person that we wronged. Yes, yeah. Repentance is not about being forgiven. Repentance does not require forgiveness. And this is one of the things that in a counseling setting, when we start talking to people that are saying they, you know, whether they were an abuser, whether they came from an abusive relationship, whatever that is, abuse is a big one with with this line of thinking. Forgiveness is probably not going to come. Yeah. So it, it can be an after effect of repentance. It but can it's be, not, but it's not required. It's, yeah. Because repentance is about the person that did the sinful the act. Yeah, not the other side of the not table. Not the other side. Receiving something And back. now we can actually say other side of the table, yeah. which is kind of fun. <laughs> you know, uh, there one guy that was, you know, for those that don't know, if you really can't afford counseling but want somebody to talk to, Uber is cheaper than therapy. Um, and especially if you end well, it up... depends with, if you have an inflated rate at that time. Well, right? that's true. <laughs> if you get somebody... And, and always look at your driver's bios. Because there's actually quite a few pastors, including myself, that the only way we can afford to do anything is to drive. It's a free... Not a free, but it's a decently free therapy session. And so I've had quite a few people break down into therapy sessions on these drives. One of the ones that was more recent was a man who was trying to... He was the one that was abused. Hmm. And he did not think he could ever forgive the sister that was abusing him. But he also felt convicted about the fact that he could not forgive. And so what we ended up talking about is the fact that what was actually needed was not necessarily to necessarily forgive her for the act, but to repent of the hate in the heart. 
Yeah, that's a because bit. it's not about whether the sister even knows that you're doing it. It's about the fact that you are getting rid of the idol of hate in your heart and giving it over to God. And then God is going to allow you to either forgive or allow you to understand why it is so difficult for you to do it. Yeah, that's that's really the whole root of where you're going to is that, that sin of the hate, which we talked about, that sin and repenting from that instead of yeah, feeling guilt. Right. Because repentance comes from a person's acknowledgement of sin against God or other people and not from other people's feelings that you are the one that has sinned, which is really what we are getting to with even the Twitter stuff. The whole idea, you know, one of the, the, way, the way that everybody gets the idea of we're just supposed to be out there, repent or perish, is that that is the message that John the Baptist gives, is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm-hmm. He is calling people to repentance. That is something that we, within evangelism, are doing. But we are calling people to repent of their evil ways and turn to Christ. We are not calling other believers to repent of their different political ideologies. Unless... We're talking Cold War theology in which they're th- they, are, they have made an idol of them. In which case, we're not even calling them to repent. We're calling them to recognize what's going on and, and to work through it through the help of the local church, through the help of the Spirit, through mm-hmm. the help of Christ, and work out what they need to do with it. For some people, it will be repentance. For other people, it may not even be a, a repentance thing. It may just having to be a renewing of the mind. Mm-hmm. Which is a part of repentance, but it's not what we normally think of with repentance. And it's definitely not what people are calling people to do on Twitter right now. Yeah, because typically when you hear it on the street corner, they're typically talking about more of the salvation side. Right. Which is obviously a key component. And that's the second repentance. (laughs) That's the second part that we've got here is repentance is all about reconciliation. It is not about freedom from shame or guilt. Freedom from shame or guilt, we got from the cross. Mm -hmm. But we only get to it being reconciled to Christ through that cross. And so the freedom of shame and guilt comes after repentance, but the first step of repentance is not about being free of the shame and guilt. It's about being reconciled back to God. Yeah, it's another after effect. And so if you're calling somebody to repentance but have no, no intentions of trying to build a relationship there... You're not calling them to repentance. You're just calling them to make a fool of themselves is really what you're wanting, which we see all throughout the New Testament. Yeah. People, you know, the woman that was uh, called out from adult, uh, you know, caught in adultery. You've got even, you know, the woman that was bleeding everywhere. Mm -hmm. You've got the Gentiles in general. You've got the Samaritan, all this stuff of where people wanted them to be called out for their sin in public by Jesus. Yeah. They wanted to boast themselves up and say, well, my sin's not as bad. Look at this person right here. (laughs) And instead, what does Jesus do? He calls them to repent, to be reconciled. It has nothing to do with the crowd. It has everything to do with that one-on-one relationship. Yeah, especially with with the um, with the woman there of what her what his call to action is for her is who condemns you? Right. I don't. Basically, nor nor do who here condemns you? Nobody. Nor do I. Go and sin no more. Right. And it's that repentance that we see of that action of draw. What and, do we say? The um, 
dedicated amendment or changing one's mind or right. purpose. That's kind of what we see Jesus calling her. And, and this is where the third point comes in is that that, that first moment of reconciliation to God through the through repentance and admission of sin and accepting Christ as Lord, that would be what we would refer to as salvation. That is a one-time event. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you will all all field all your uh, <laughs> you know anti once saved always saved comments later. But the once saved always saved concept outside of the Calvinist views of it. Outside the Arminian views of it, that is what we see in Scripture. That is a one-time event. Yeah. Because it's not just a oh, I raised my hand today. It's a commitment to discipleship. You know, we talked about that with Dr. Linville multiple times, of the idea of you know we are not looking for days decisions. We're looking for devoted disciples. Mm-hmm. The repentance aspect of it, though is not a one-time event. This is a daily event because we are all people and we are all stupid. We are all sinners. We are all sinners <laughs> is probably, is honestly a nicer way of saying it than I would. But really what we are looking at is the fact that all of us continually are doing stupid stuff that we know we're not supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And we need to repent of those things and continue to turn away and go through the the sanctification processes, the justification processes, whatever ification process you want to name it, depending on your denomination. We've got to do those things, and that's why we talk about within evangelistic disciple-making the fact that behavior changes after belief, not before, because it's a process. Yeah. You know, repentance is a lifelong process, not a one time I'm done. I don't have to repent anymore. And I think it kind of going back to what we talked about for step two with repentance does not equal freedom of shame or guilt. I also think with repentance, we feel that shame and guilt with the daily having to repent because, oh, man, I sinned again. Right. I tried to do that 180 and, and run away from my sin, but here I am again. And so you that shame pops up but that doesn't mean that you should still not repent and turn away so what basically i'm saying is that shame will could still be there and the shame should but it shouldn't be there in the same way correct and this is the you know this is again the the whole process of the matter when we're talking about the fact that now we are not talking about shame we're talking about conviction Mm, true it is it's shameful conviction (laughs) (laughs) But it is no longer shame to where I have to hide from God like we see in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Now it is a, I have to come out and confess to God and ask for God to clothe me again. You know, we're not going to go make the fig leaves. Instead, we're going to allow God to sacrifice the animal to make us close. And we already know God has done it. Mm-hmm. And so it's, again, cleaning to, you know, going back up to even Webster's definition of it's dedicating ourselves to that amendment on our life. We just know that that amendment is Christ. Yeah. Which is way better than just thinking of it as whatever I can attach to replace whatever was there, which is what a lot of people do. You know, that's the that's the whole thing with addiction. That's why you can go from one thing to another to another to another to another and it just keeps progressively worse and worse and worse till you're dead. Is because when you lose the one thing, something else comes in. Pastor KT, shout out KT, mm-hmm. 
preached on this. It'll be a couple of weeks ago yeah. now as well, as far as, you know, the fact that we see this in, in the New Testament when um, demons are cast out and nothing comes in to replace. It's nice and clean, and so now they bring their friends. Mm. This is the kind of stuff that if repentance is not talked about correctly, if we are just throwing it around flippantly, it produces these kind of results. And so we're going to talk why all of these things matter so much when we come back from one more commercial break. We'll be right back. Today's a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your online reach. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online listed on all major platforms within minutes of finishing your first recording. We just switched to Buzzsprout for Season 2 and have immediately noticed the difference. With Buzzsprout, you get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into your websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and Buzzsprout and the Misfits want to help you get started. Contact us for a free consultation call, and then visit our affiliate link to get started with Buzzsprout. Using this link not only helps support the Misfits, but it also gets you a $20 Amazon gift card. The teams at Buzzsprout and Ministry Misfits are passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. To find out more, go to www.ministrymisfits.com backslash affiliates. We're back. Alright, welcome back everyone. We are still here discussing truth, lies, and repentance. Dun dun dun. <laughs> oh, I didn't get our soundboard hooked up yet. Oh, Stay tuned okay. for that. We've got some fun stuff planned with that too. <laughs> See, and that was not a lie because you had full intent of having that I up. had full intent <laughs> of having that up by the time we got everything else set up. Yeah. See how much uh, practical... That's right. We're, we're <laughs> giving you plenty of application right here. <laughs> All right, so now we need to get into a little bit further. Of, you talked about where you initially saw this was almost a year ago, seeing Christianity trending. Um, but then let's also talk about why all of this matters today as far as our truth, lies, and repentance, right. which we already talked about somewhat from a daily perspective, but right. what's this look like? For so us? the reason we're, we're really harping on this right now, we are not even talking the morality side of this yet. We are going to talk morality here in a few, maybe a few weeks. We'll see. Depends on when we can find a babysitter. Um, we're going to talk morality in a few weeks. But what we are really talking about right now is the way we are using these terms. Because these terms, you don't necessarily hear out. I mean, you hear truth and lies all the time. Yes. Repentance, we already said, you don't normally hear. Yeah, it's not something you hear in your normal conversation. But these are not just Christianese words. These aren't just, you know, more, more church words that we get to throw around to make us sound like we know what we're doing. They're also not weapons of rebuke, mm. which is what seems to be the way they're being used online right now. And so we've got to make sure we don't continue to throw them around as if that's what they are. 
a weapon. Yeah. A weapon or just church words that people outside the church won't understand anyway. Mm. Because the people outside the church understand these words. Yeah. And they're seeing the way we're using them. And for some people, this may be confirmation of the way that they've always seen it being used. Yeah. That's why that ha- those hashtags of what was trending, it's like, yeah, right. it just further confirms what I thought about who a Christian is or what they believe instead of hopefully watching how we live and act. Right. So... If you're going to accuse another believer, and this is a key part of this, if you're accusing another believer, somebody that is claiming, yes, I believe in the same God you do, Christ is my Lord, Christ is my Savior, I cling to him. If you are going to accuse another believer of being a liar or a deceiver, you better make sure that they are indeed intentionally trying to pull people away from the capital T truth. And this is the truth that we talked about that has been revealed to us through Christ and through his word. Mm -hmm. If they are not, if you are not sure that they are intentionally trying to do that, don't call them a liar just because you disagree with what they are saying. Even if somebody just misspeaks, it doesn't make them a liar that needs to repent. Because, again, we are all people and we all make stupid mistakes. Yeah. I mean, when we were recording those ads, how many times did we did not even get through the first two sentences before one of us screwed it up? Too many times to count. Yes. <laughs> We, you know, it, it doesn't make you a liar when somebody misspeaks. Mm-hmm. Just like if somebody, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago with the Bible verses. Just because somebody memorizes it in a different translation or multiple translations from you, and so they may have a different word that means the same thing, but it's a different word, does not mean that they have now misquoted scripture. So I'll take this even a step further with, we'll say, pastors. Right. Of that are, are preaching and maybe say something that is not fully true or, yeah, just stating something. How do you then handle that? Well, and this is where, you know, we, this is part of why, you know, we weren't going to get into this, but we will now. Yeah. <laughs> this is part of the, you know, we talked about this when we talked nonprofits. Mm-hmm. This is why you should not trust or listen to a pastor that either says that they something that they're saying is a private revelation that has come from the Lord. And so they in the, they literally are saying God is telling you to do this. And it does not match up with scripture. That is a intentional deception deception of the truth, of the truth to take you away from the big T truth. That is different than if a pastor goes and quotes an article that he got out of what he thought was a trusted source. You know, perfect example is how many how many pastors I heard during the whole Afghanistan, you know, the resurgence of the Taliban. How many pastors I heard that were quoting a what they thought was a respected organization mm-hmm. about how the the stuff that was going on with the Christians in Afghanistan was the same thing that was happening here with all the vaccine and COVID mandates. That was not true at all. 
but it doesn't mean that the pastor was lying. He misspoke. He probably needs to apologize for that. Yeah. That, but apologizing is asking for forgiveness. Repentance is a turning away from sin. Mm-hmm. That's the difference even with your story about at work. Mm. You did, had no reason to repent of, you know, not knowing that there were in-app purchases. True. <laughs> But from a professional, really, you don't even necessarily need to apologize if we want to get technical. But from a professional standard, an apology is what is required there. Yeah. Because the customer is always right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Except for when they're not. Exactly. You know, so that's where the differences come in there. And that's part of what we got to understand with our pastors as well, is that our pastors are people. And so they are going to misspeak. They are getting, they have the same capabilities of getting the wrong source information that we do as individuals. This is why Paul commends the people of Berea for not taking anything Paul says as truth until they searched the scriptures and found it to be true. You know, that, that's the key, the key part of that phrase is they found it to be true because they searched in the scriptures. Mm. Not saying that Paul, that they were going to, they, and then if what they found was not in the scriptures, then what would they have called Paul? He would have been a Mart- martyr, false, or false prophet okay. because he was contrary to the truth. What Paul was saying was true, but not because Paul was saying it. What Paul was saying was true was because he was talking about the truth. Mm. And they found in the scriptures what Paul was saying to be true. Truth was what they found, not falsehood. And this is, you know, this is part of why we, when we start defining the difference between truth and lies, lies come apart from God. Truth can only be found in God. Mm -hmm. It's a chicken and egg thing. You know, which came first? Truth comes first. Falsehood comes second. And so we can find people to statements to be true when we are able to verify that they were getting it from the truth. Yeah. I'm, I'm still just thinking about the pastor side because I'm like, it's, that's where my head is still right. racing as you can well, probably and see Unfortunately, part of why we're talking about this is because there's a lot of pastors and seminary professors that are doing this stuff right now online. Well, I just think too of... Do we give people that pass of we are humans, we mess up, we make mistakes, or do we hold others more accountable because you are in a place of authority in a way. Right. And you are, let's just say you find an article about political statements or vaccines and you just throw that out because you think it's true and you want to say something on Sunday morning. Yes. And so then now your pulpit is hearing what you're saying. And you've got your congregation then left with accountability. Yeah, and re- account- accountability and repentance are two different things. Yes, holding somebody accountable is what we're called to do, and that that is what we're talking about with the Bereans. You know, they searched the scriptures, they found what it, they found it to be true, and so they accepted Paul in. If they search the scriptures, find it not to be true, they tell him he's a false prophet. Get out. That's different then the the idea of we need to call somebody to repent of their sin of mm-hmm. misleading us yeah and that and that's where you know if paul is a false prophet then he is intentionally misleading and so he needs to be called to repentance if paul goes into the acropolis and says these all these things and it turns out that you know about you know the mayor of mars hill 
and it turns out that he didn't even have the right name of the mayor apology is what is needed and accountability is what is needed because he as the past you know the pastor the yeah. missionary going into that community should have been able to figure out what the truth was mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean he necessarily was lying it means that he was just horrible at getting information yeah that's not a sin no that's just bad that's bad practice and bad pastoring <laughs> which is a whole nother discussion yeah you know and, and you know you know, we'll, I'll give you an example from from one of our own experiences. Was we're and we are planning on getting in somebody to to talk through this actually here in in the near future. But you know, when you talk to when you talk about uh, it was election time, and so there was a lot of political division going on within this church, and so mm-hmm. I made the statement from the pulpit. That what we see in Scripture as the responsibility of a Christian is to make a vo- to vote for somebody that we are willing to be held accountable for, mm. because God holds us accountable for our decisions. Yep. I also said that in reality, our votes don't necessarily matter because what we also see in Scripture is that God has already ordained and set in place kingdoms and dominions and rulers and everything else certain members of the congregation, which you probably can guess which side they were on, wanted me to be held accountable for a for calling for more of a sinful act than just say this doesn't agree with my politics mm. type act. Yeah. It's that disagreement in view versus a right. falsehood. Right. Nothing that because everything that I said could be backed up with scripture and I even read the scriptures when I was saying it. So what they were really having a problem with was the political side of the statement, not the theological side, Mm -hmm. which is really what we've been doing all along here is we're trying to separate out these two. And that's what, again, we're saying with these words we've got to do as well. These are theological terms that are very important because these things make up a lot of our doctrines. Truth and lies go all the way back to the garden. Mm Mm-hmm. Repentance should have started at the garden, and it really didn't start working its way in until you know we get to get to Abraham. Yeah, these things are important. Just because you don't like something somebody says does not make them a liar, or even make the statement untrue. And the irony here is that a lot of the people that we also see making these statements of, well, what you're saying isn't true for me. And so you are a liar are also the ones that are warning everybody about not letting postmodernism come into the church. Mm. But what is postmodernism? It's all about the gray area. It's not black and white. There are gray areas. True. And the real fun thing is that we aren't even in a postmodern era anymore. When we were growing up in school, we were in a postmodern era. But there's been a very quick shift into a post-postmodern era that they haven't named anything else yet because now it's not even a gray area. Everything is black and white, but everything is black and white based on an individual's interpretation of it. (laughs) And so everybody's truth is now true. Even if it's false, it's still true, which is the same argument that people that call people liars just because they disagree with them are in fact making is that 
their truth that they believe is actually true and so everybody else's truths must be false yeah they're just moving the goalpost every time to try to make it align with what they want to and the and the way they're doing it is the very is using the very thing that they're warning everybody else not to use <laughs> but if we point this out what are we going to be called liars or liars yeah. because we are giving false information about their character even though that's not what we're doing, we are just pointing out an inconsistency with what they're yeah, saying. And hopefully pointing back to the truth. Which <laughs> is why we use the three tiers. Because what's that first level? It's theological truth. truths. And it's Christocentric theological truths. Because if these things are true, it's going to point back to the truth. And what does John 14 say? I am the way, the truth, truth and, and the life. life. And so everything that is true should point back to the truth, which is Christ. Yeah. The one thing that hasn't changed right. over time from the beginning to end, as we uh, forget, I think it's in John where it talks about that too, of basically his word will surpass man and the earth. I think that's in John. I think so. Anyways. We've yeah. been using John a lot, so yeah, <laughs> we'll go with it for now. If if not, we misspoke. We're not lying. <laughs> that's right. With that being said, the same thing comes into play when we talk repentance. Because repentance is a very serious matter, but it's also a very personal matter, not a public matter. Public repentance comes after there has been individual repentance. Mm. This is part of the whole CRT thing. People don't want CRT because they think it's going to make every white person suddenly a racist, even though we've already talked that's not actually the case. Yeah. We are saying that there is a corporate responsibility within the United States, and especially within the American church, for the actions of slavery. And that those actions need to be repented of. Mm hmm we need to turn away from it. We need to do what, it, and we need to cling to Christ to heal us and to fix the brokenness. Yeah. This is a public repentance of a public sin, but it only can happen after we have a realization here individually that this is a problem and we need to repent of it. Yeah. And going back to the salvation versus repentance part where salvation is one time, what right. we talked about, and repentance is ongoing. Right. The Civil so Rights Act is a, not your salvation moment. Yes. Yeah. The Civil Rights Act was one area of repentance that caused a bunch of other atrocities yep. that now need to be repented of again. Yes. So it's a continual yes. process. So the, the way we want to close out with all of this is we want to talk again. Truth is not a weapon. Repentance is not a weapon. Truth especially is not a weapon because what we see in Ephesians 6 is that truth is the belt that holds everything together. It keeps the breastplate of righteousness on. It holds the sword. It allows you to be able to move about with the, you know, the gospel. Caught up, yeah. All these different things. And we also see in John 17, when Jesus prays for unity, that he wants us to be unified in two things, his name and the truth. Mm. And who is the truth? The guy who we need to be unifying around his name. God. It holds everything together. 
And why we are ending on this is because out of the three words we talked about within the New Testament, truth shows up way more than any of these other words. Because the truth is what God cares about. Because God is truth. Mm, yeah. And like we said, it's never changing. And it's a never changing truth. And it's one that we can only get through reconciliation and relationship with him. And when we lose that, when we lose that connection, when we lose that relationship, that is when we become susceptible to lies and deception because lies and deception come apart from God. That's why I always think about the debate, too, that people say, of, oh, it's just a book written thousands of years ago. How can right. you believe that to be true? It's like, well, that's the one thing that has stayed constant right. throughout our world and that we, I can. We talked about that with, with Dr. Barr, mm -hmm. of this idea of even within this idea of we know that this is the truth, there are different ways of interpreting it. But the message of salvation doesn't change yeah. because it is the truth and mm -hmm. it is what brings us reconciliation with God. And so even in this, is in, you know, it's another area where just because you're a young earth creationist and your friend over here is an old earth creationist does not mean that either one of you are in need of repentance and in need of, you know, calling the other out as a liar. Yeah. Because both of you understand that the God that created the universe, regardless of how old it was or how young it is, the God that created the universe is the truth and that he is what actually binds us together. A whole other podcast discussion that we could have about is also just that non-unity in churches. Right. As far as well. Which we, we will immediately have go discussion. to what's the difference between our churches here in the community versus... Let's start with what unifies us and right. ultimately, hopefully, bring And that is a discussion <laughs> we are going to get to. There's a couple of people we're talking to right now as far as if they're going to be able to come on and help us with that. But those that were following my Twitter saw us already have that discussion online, but we're going to have it much more. Now, this episode we just did, in addition to it being the first one with the new format that we need you to let us know what you think, also has a couple, I haven't decided if it's one or three, because it's half written when we're recording this, <laughs> and I don't know yet how long it's actually going to be. So it's either going to be one one long blog that's a companion to it, or it's going to be three separate ones that companions to each part that we just did. But go to the website, ministrymisfits.com, click on the blog. You'll be able to find everything that we just did with references and cross-references and all that fun stuff if you want to go further. You can also go to the Misfits community page, and you can start the conversation there as well. Yeah. Uh, another thing, too, since we're on Season 2 and a lot of our platforms have changed from Season 1, but welcome all of you that are new listeners for this That's show. That's right. Shouldn't really matter. But if you can help us out and please leave a review on whatever that listening device is for you, that helps us out. And, again, doesn't have to be five stars, but we just want honest feedback. Oh, but we appreciate five That's stars. one of the sound buttons I've got, too. Five stars. Essie recorded that one for me. Oh, five stars? Five stars, yeah. It'll be fun. <laughs> Just wait. You, you all will either love us or be begging me to stop once I get this soundboard hooked up 
and you can blame the Christian Podcasters Association for turning me on to the fact that we can <laughs> do this. And it was a free app that did not require any purchases. There was no lies there. <laughs> there was no lies there. So we are also not lying in the fact that you're either going to love this or you're going to hate us and demand that you we turn it off or you're going to turn us off, probably. So with that being said, though, Yes, give us a rating. Those also shout out to our Good Pods listeners. Keep keep that up. We actually, as we're recording this right now, we are actually number three yep. on the indie list That's and number right. five on the overall Christianity list. Also, another way you can support us that's new for season two is we are on Patreon. Yeah, so you can go to patreon.com backslash ministry misfits and help support us there. So currently, again, we're going to go with the threes since that's popular. That's right. There may be tiers. a fourth one up by the time you're listening to this, which we're going to talk about after Eric because I realized I never texted you about uh, this. That's all right. Um, I'm not misspeaking, I promise. Um, there there may be a fourth one by the time this airs. There may not be a friend who's like, what are you doing? Just leave it at three, which is probably what's going to happen. So I may have to cut this whole monologue out. But uh, if you go to patreon.com backslash ministry misfits, there are monthly support options that are everything from just general donations to production credits to um, some of the monthly private live streams that we are hoping to be able to do, including... One with our good friend, Rob the Elder. That's right. So along with some other bonus features that will be included with Patreon, a lot of what the your contribution will go to is helping keep the website running, um, paying for other equipment and devices as we go, go throughout each season. Not the soundboard. Not the soundboard. Although yeah. maybe we'll make a Patreon option where you can actually shut me off the soundboard <laughs> for a nice. certain amount of money. <laughs> maybe that's the way we do it. <laughs> I don't know if that's the approach we want to take, but we can discuss that. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll discuss that off air. Pay pay to it's like an ad. For that's right. Get rid of the ads of you're you're just basically. I've, on I've their seen ad. I've actually seen some podcasts that will do that. They'll 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 let viewers like turn off microphones and stuff for a certain <laughs> amount. But we'll we'll not go that far yet. But anyway, we thank you all for listening. Let us know what you think about the new formats, the new setups, all of the new fun stuff, the new website, the new Facebook group, all the above. Same theology. That's right. And as you can tell, definitely the same theology. So we will see you all next week. The Ministry Misfits podcast is a production of Ministry Misfit Media in association with Overwhelming Victory. Dr. Greg Linville and Andrew Fouts are our executive producers and Brandon Simmons is associate producer. The Ministry Misfits theme song is written and produced by J.D. Laird and Laird Creative Agency. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at ministrymisfitmedia at gmail.com or by following at Ministry Misfit on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also visit our website at www.ministrymisfits.com or through bio.link backslash ministrymisfits. If you would like to support Ministry Misfits, you can become a patron by going to patreon.com backslash ministrymisfits. 